0: Okay, so if you walked into a restaurant and saw your wife with another guy and she had not mentioned to you that she was having lunch with a friend, would that bother you or not? We're going to look at that question and so many more today. David Essel in the box. Welcome to David Essel Live, America's Positive Radio Talk Show. We are celebrating 22 years on the air and are so glad that you have chosen this time to be with us right now. Oh my God! Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. Of course, you're listening to us on XM 246. We stream worldwide at TalkDavid.com. And uh, coming up in October, we'll be joining the iHeart Radio group, which we're very, very excited about. Every Saturday, six to nine Eastern, three to six Pacific. Every Saturday. 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. We are Pure Positive Talk. Our toll-free number, if you want to call us right now, I'm going to be answering this email we got in about what we call emotional affairs. We'll be taking your calls. I'm going to tell you about the guests that we have. Get in the lineup, 1-800-548-8255. If you have a thought, you have a question, this is free coaching on the air 100% 100% free coaching on the air. If you have a a question about a relationship issue, maybe an addiction, you're procrastinating over a goal that you have, it could be a weight challenge, money, love, you have a thought, you have a question, call me, 1-800-548-8255, getting into the guests, and then I'll come back to answer this email from a listener. Dr. Tom Seaborn returns. He's the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts. Oh, my Lord. We love Dr. Tom. He'll be on the air. He will be with us soon. Jan Spiller. We love Jan Spiller, world-famous astrologer. She's the author of New Moon Astrology. She's going to be taking your calls live and giving you free readings on the air, as she always does, on your love life, on life in general, money, health. If you have a question like, where am I going, what am I doing? And is this going to be a good year, a bad year for love? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I quit my job? What is it? Call Jan in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll tell you more later. Get in the lineup with her. And Steve Ulsher, author of the book, What Is Your What? Discovering the One Amazing Thing You Were Meant to Do in Life. Steve rocks. He's the father of reinvention. (laughs) He is such a cool dude. He's going to be with us. So there's so much coming on. So So what would you do? Uh, One of our our gentlemen listeners says, my wife says that having lunch with a male friend is not something she has to share with me. She says that she should be able to go out to lunch with whoever she wants, whenever she wants, and never have to tell me. What do you think about that? You know, like I, I opened the show by going, if you walked into a restaurant and your wife was sitting there with a man... And she hadn't mentioned to you. Oh, by the way, honey, you know Tom or you know my boss is going to be taking me out to lunch because I have that. What would you think? Would you think that that's cool? One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. Would you be accepting of that? At, at home, would you say, "Hey, honey, that felt awkward to me. Like, couldn't you have at least told me?" Because when my buddies and I walked into lunch and they saw you sitting with another guy, I was surprised. And in my surprise, they said, "Uh oh, trouble's brewing." Right? Isn't that kind of a bizarre attitude to have by the wife that she says who she goes to lunch with and one is none of your business? I don't have to share that with you. That, to me, is dangerous. That to me, is very, very dangerous. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, what are we hiding? Why is it that we can't be honest? What is she afraid of? Does she have resentments where she's trying to elicit control? Could it be that she's angry and so she's taking it out in this way? For 25 years, we've helped couples break through some massive roadblocks. And let me tell you something, gang. This is not healthy for any relationship. When a woman or a man needs that kind of control to say, I don't need to tell you Then I'm going to have lunch with the opposite sex or coffee with the opposite sex or dinner with the opposite sex. I don't have to tell you any of that. That tells me that there's huge resentments underneath. And her interest in doing that, if not in a, a physical affair, absolutely is an emotional affair. What is an emotional affair? Emotional affair is hiding, is being afraid to tell our partner what it is that we're doing throughout the day. And then all of a sudden we walk into a restaurant, that would irritate Many, many people. So, emotional flares, affairs are flirting, coffee, lunch with the opposite sex, and not letting our partner know. Um, talking about our personal life, what's going on with our personal life, and and one of the ways you can tell if your relationship is upfront or not is by saying, "Would I am I telling this person something that I would not repeat if my partner was with me?" It's a great question. It's a breaking of trust. Even unless, let me tell you this, even if your partner never finds out, they know. Intuitively, if they start to pull away, if they start to question you, if they start to doubt you, they know. They absolutely know. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. It's the beginning of the end of the relationship. We need to stop it. Absolutely. Get help. Get clear with love. And if you feel that that's one of the things you're doing because there are resentments underneath, clean up the resentment. Sometimes you can do it maturely with your partner, but more often than not, getting help and talking about those resentments is a crucial step. Uh, If you're really good communicators, well, you probably wouldn't be in that situation anyway. But if you are really good communicators, you can stop the action and come back and say, you know what, I'm so sorry that I did this and pulled this. I did not necessarily mean to at all, and I will stop it, and I will start letting you know when I do these type of things. That would be the healthiest damn move in the world. 1-800-548-8255. Next, my girlfriend thinks it's totally cool to share stories about her former boyfriends with me, trips, uh, arguments, even what she likes to do in bed. She says it's part of her past, and she wants me to know all of her. I think she's insecure and wants to keep me on edge. Could you please share? We'll both be listening Saturday. Well, I would love to share, but your girlfriend might want to go into the other room. (laughs) Oh My God, girl, seriously, I wish you would call in the show right now because um, uh, the gentleman is right. You know, when we feel the need to share everything about our past partners with our current partner, uh, especially intimacy. Oh, please. Come on. You're just really looking for an argument. You're really looking to try to create some type of insecurity. And what you said here, to try to keep you on the edge is so true. It's like, I'm going to talk about these other people to keep you guessing, and that's so inappropriate. It's extremely immature. And, and I, I know your girlfriend is listening or your wife is listening right now. And I have to just be honest with it. Um, when you're discussing past partners, we, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this and, and you have to really be careful about talking about past partners. You know, like if you start saying, oh my God, remember this, this email that I got in, it was about the guy whose wife kept talking about a former partner that, you know, she went to France with and then went to Italy with, and then went all over these places with, and she was throwing it up in his face and it was very uncomfortable i I don't think it's necessary definitely don't talk about sex with your past partner oh my god that's just a hurricane brewing and i don't care if you're talking about that it was bad sex i don't care if you're talking about that it was great sex which neither way should you ever bring that up um i would talk to her right if she's listening to the show, she's hearing my, my my opinion i would talk to her right now and i would set boundaries with consequences It's really simple. Say, you know what, honey, it it doesn't serve us in this relationship for you to continue to bring up your past boyfriends, whether it's good stuff or not so good stuff, you know, like, so I'm going to ask you to stop. I'm going to ask you to stop. Um, And and in the stopping, I'm going to say that I feel really great about where we're going. You don't have to compare me with the past relationships. You don't have to talk about past sexual relationships. And let's just be cool with us. And see what she says. You know, and if she's cool with that, great. If not, once again, ask for some help. 1-800-548-8255. A text just came in. This is, oh, interesting. This is from the guy. He said, you can use my name, Harry. Harry's the one several weeks ago that wrote in talking about his former wife or his current wife who talked about her former partners flying her to different places. And um, he said after the conversation, she understood that she was doing it because she was insecure, comma. Uh, David, thank you so much. It's opened up a huge new level of communication for us. She did stop immediately. We instantly felt more secure and loving it. Wow. 800-548-8255. You have a thought, you have a question, call me. 1-800-548-8255. Coming up next, we have a question on visualization. We have a question on depression. And, of course, your calls, 1-800-548-8255. Hanging out with you every Saturday from 6 to 9 Eastern. Check us out. More information at talkdavid.com. Right after this, we are back. Stay there. goals in life and be surrounded oh yeah you're gonna hear me roar baby 1-800-548-8255 Katie perry is so damn talented i think Absolutely. Hear me roar. Call me 1-800-548-8255. Your free coaching on the air. Text us 941-266-7676. 941-266-7676. We've got a ton of your emails today coming up. Uh, 941-266-7676 is the text. And uh, email us at talkdavid.com. Just go to talkdavid.com. Send us an email. That would be fantastic. So uh next up I heard you mention that most depression is related to submerged emotions. I thought it was genetics and it's true most of our most of our depression is uh, actually it's caused by our environmental factors meaning how we were raised, we watch our our parents relate to or not relate to emotion, deal with or not deal with emotion. Um depression is submerged emotion gone deeper. Sometimes if we submerge anger or resentments, or shame, or guilt that will manifest itself in depression. The more you submerge, the longer you submerge emotions, the greater the chances of depression. And so how do we know this? Because the opposite is true. When you learn how to express emotion of anger, rage, shame, guilt, etc., the depression has a tendency to lift the, depend, the, the depression has a tendency to lift when you go through and start tapping into the emotions you're feeling, expressing them verbally and in writing. So crucial. Uh, a lot more information you can get at talkdavid.com. If we can help you with these things, we would absolutely love to. And it's a great question because a lot of times we say, well, you know, my mom was depressed, my sister, my dad was depressed, so I guess it's just genetics. And no, it, the simple fact is, is that they never learned how to deal with emotions, so you never learned. So it looks like a genetic link, a pattern, but rarely is it. one eight hundred five four eight eight two. 548 Uh, here's another sex one. You talk a lot about sex on your show. Yes, we do. We talk about it in a very classy, clean way. You're 100% correct, which at first I was uncomfortable with. When I told this to my husband, he said, that's because you have serious resentments at former lovers. Could that affect me today? He reminded me also, we only have sex one time per month, and he's sick of my attitude surrounding sex. Now, they don't say how long they've been together, but, you know, could, here's the question, could the resentments about sex be because of her own resentments about former lovers? Could her uncomfortability with talking about sex be because of her resentments against former lovers? And the answer is absolutely yes. You know, if if you've had past relationships where you were emotionally or or physically taken advantage of, you were... Uh, not treated with respect, um, where that sex was something that um, that you and your partner never talked about and maybe it wasn't to your liking and you didn't ha- know how to say that, that to them, then you'd have resentments around sex and around those people. And if you don't clear it up, nothing's changing. And that's number one. So the very first thing is look at past people that you were with. And if the sex was really bad or it was really rough or it was uh, what you would consider to be inconsiderate in any form, shape whatsoever, then we want to clear that up in order to clear today up, number one. Number two, if sex was never talked about in homes, which it rarely is, you can be very uncomfortable with your own sexuality and with sex in general. You know, I was working with a woman recently that, um, that said that when she had her period the very first time, her mom said, oh, you've got the scourge now. And a lot of moms, just unknowingly, because their moms did the same thing, talked about body parts and menstrual cycles and all this as the scourge. Well, because the quote-unquote scourge happens in a very private area, a lot of women would feel that that's not a nice place And so their first introduction to the the area of their body, their private, their genitalia would not be good. So then they might approach sex in the same way. Does that make sense? So you might even have just a negative opinion about your own body, which does not bode well for your sexuality. Um, Talk openly with your husband. You know, try your very best to be open and vulnerable with him. Walk through the fear. Try to do some things. If you're only having sex one time a month, tell them that you want to commit to one time a week. Work with a professional. If all of this doesn't work or if you want to get there quicker, work with a professional. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Let's go to visualization. I saw a video you did on visualization. You quoted Dennis Waitley, who is awesome. He's like one of the fathers of visualization for athletic abilities. Uh, He worked with NASA. Uh, with the space program. What percentage of one's success in business or with changing our body could be contributed to the use of visualization? So visualization, for people that may not be aware, is seeing in your mind's eye the end result of what you want, making a certain amount of money. Let's just say $1,000 a week. You go, oh my gosh, if I can make $52,000 a year, my life would rock. Or maybe you want to make 152000 So the at or the art of visualization would be seeing that paycheck of $1,000 every Friday being handed to you by someone. Use emotion. Get excited when you pick up the check, right? In changing your body, you might have an image or a size that you want to achieve. So every morning when you wake up, take 30 seconds and see yourself in that bathing suit, in that dress a certain size, so that's the art of visualization. And if you do that on a daily basis, it's a good tool. However, my opinion is is that that might only account for 10 to 15% of your success. You could visualize all day long and not get what you want out of life because still, the key to getting the body you want is going to be the action you take with diet and with exercise, the key to making the money you want is by respecting the money you have now, using it wisely, spending it wisely. Like that's the first step when people want to become financially sound. The very first step is to look at your spending habits. If we don't respect money, if we do not have that ultimate respect in money, it'll be very difficult to hang on to it right? So the first action might be not spending. Then the second one would be, now, how can I increase my income? The action steps you take is going to be crucial. Visualization can be a tool, a part of it, but it will not be the majority of it. And you know why I say this so profoundly because a lot of people, when you hear something like visualization, oh my God, 30 seconds every morning and 30 seconds every night laying in bed, That's for me, (laughs) you know, like that. that's an action step I want to take. And do, I say take it, absolutely take it, but just don't wrap your hopes around it that by visualization alone, you're going to make the money you want to make or get the body you want to get. Is it a tool that can be used? Hell yeah. Athletes of all sizes and shapes use it. People who make a lot of money might use it as a tool but it's not going to be the end all. I am so glad that you've taken time to join us. Hey, join us on Facebook. Go to David Essel Alive on Facebook and like us. Like the page. Seven days a week, we give away free information. Don't forget, you can text us 941-266-7676 anytime in the show. Coming up, Dr. Tom Seaborn talking about your body and more. I'm David Essel, TalkDavid.com. Stay there.
1: Dress on tonight Dancing in the dark In the pale moonlight Blow my hair up real big, Beauty queen style High heels off I'm feeling alive Oh my god I feel it in the air Telephone wires above All sizzling like a snail Honey, I'm on fire I feel it everywhere Nothing scary.
0: Before you go, summertime sadness. I just wanted you to know the baby. The baby. Gotta love this song. Lana Del Rey. Summertime, summertime, As a matter of fact, my partner Jennifer turned me on to the song. And she told me this backstory on Lana Del Rey sober twelve years, which is so freaking amazing, just so freaking amazing in the world of um, music industry. The artists so pressured with alcohol, drugs, et cetera, et cetera. And many times, it's not just peer pressure, but how they deal with their own intense creativity not saying that it's the correct way, but it's the way that a lot of us do, and so it's wonderful. 12 years sober. Good for you, Lana Del Rey. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Coming up in a couple of minutes, Dr. Tom Seaborn is back with us. This guy rocks you. If you've heard him before, he is so knowledgeable in the world of fitness, weight loss, uh, he's the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body, Workout, Body Workouts. We'll be talking with Dr. Tom in just a couple minutes here. Um, wanted to share with you, we've got this huge, massive Life Mastery Weekly Workshop coming up. You can join it from anywhere in the world via teleconference. It comes up September 9th. It's going to be every Monday night for one hour, $157 a month. I mean, oh my Lord, seriously gang, $157 a month. We will help you. I will be hosting these calls. We will help you get what you want out of life. You can join us at any time. We always encourage you to start the beginning of the month, but join us at every time, anytime. Just go to talkdavid.com, talkdavid.com and sign up. Life Mastery Weekly Group Meetings. We will rock this world, helping you to accomplish your biggest goals. Join us on Facebook. David Essel Alive, just like the page, David Essel live on Facebook. Our toll-free number here, 1-800-548-8255, 800-548-8255. Dr. Tom Seaborn, college professor, professor, author of 16 books, featured in Sports Illustrated three times. He rode a stationary bike like for seven years in a row or some ridiculous amount. <laughs> Dr. Tom, welcome back.
1: Hi, David. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me back. <laughs>
0: Yeah, now, now, what was it? Was it like two or three days straight you rode that bike to get into the Guinness World Book of Records?
1: Well, actually, 185 hours, seven days.
0: So it was? What did I say? Seven years?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, seven <laughs> years, but uh, yeah, only seven days. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a highlight of my life. The folks out at the college made it happen. We had a video camera on me 24-7. I had to have four people in the room at all times, a medical person. And you talk about hallucinations. You talk about right. mind-body. But I'll tell you, David, it was one of the best experiences I ever had, just because of the commitment of everybody else to make it happen.
0: Yeah. Was there any time during the seven days straight on a stationary bike that you truly thought you had to quit?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I had saddle sores, David, so bad that, you know, I, bleeding, you know, I don't want a good graphic, but it, it was bad. And uh, the medical person there was suggesting that I quit. I actually had a... Oh, he was a physician's assistant. He told me I was going to die. This is a literal quote. He Whoa! Said, he said, "You're killing yourself." So, you know, I didn't. I, I, you know, there was there was those kind of vibes. But then I had the rest of the people around me that got me through it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and at the end of it, seven days. Now now you got bathroom breaks, I'm assuming, but you got no rest breaks, no no opportunity to sleep.
1: Well, you know, here's, here's how that works. I was allowed five minutes off the bike every hour, but instead of that, I banked those minutes into about an hour and fifteen minutes in the morning. I slept from 4 a.m. to about 5.15. So that was my sleep, but of course, you know, that's not enough. And in fact, sleep deprivation is something that Americans are going through right now. And, you know, they're only sleeping three or four hours a night, some of them, and are experiencing the same things that I was experiencing. So after about seven, you know, it was 180, the record was 183 hours, so I thought, you know, let's go two extra hours. And David, and I slept for two days after that because that that was the hardest part—the sleep deprivation.
0: Yeah, it had to be. That's just crazy. One i I I want to start off, Doctor Tom, with a question. The, and because you're, I, I consider you to be an extreme athlete. Anyone that does some of the stuff you do, you have the mindset of an extreme athlete. What is that mindset? That that the general population could tap into to accomplish some of their own goals. In other words, you know, there are people like you, that will push themselves to the extreme. And, 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 and let me even back up for a second. Is the mindset you have self-taught or do you think that some people who do the kind of stuff that you do physically are born genetically with a predisposition to be that disciplined in life?
1: Wow. What a great question. You know, For me, it started when I was about 13 and my job was at a hospital engraving name tags on weekends and I would be sitting there for eight hours and just my mind had nowhere to go so I would focus on martial arts. I was competing in Taekwondo back then. So I had moderate success and then I went to University of North Texas, got my PhD in sports psychology and did all the things you're talking about, relaxation techniques, visualization, cognitive behavior modification. I did all of that and David, I didn't experience amazing success until i put it in god's hands so for me that was my Hmm. spiritual connection so everybody has to find what works for them as you know uh... the shaman throws the stones and the people believe whatever those stones show So, so yeah so it's really uh... it it depends i have i have friends in the martial arts who have been doing mental imagery their whole lives without any instruction they they used to sit in classrooms and just daydream about punching and kicking. So I, I think you're, you have an interesting question there, and whether athletes are, are born or are they made, can they, can they be made. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's, you know, uh, the, of course, the elite Olympic-type athletes have to have the genetic potential, but of course they have to have the hard work, the drive, the determination. And as you were discussing earlier, that habit, Their workouts are a habit, and they don't miss a workout.
0: Right. Okay, so now the general population, 75, 85, probably even closer to 90% of the U.S. population does not work out on a regular basis, correct? That's correct. Okay, so let's even say, would you say 90%, Dr. Tom, would that be safe?
1: Well, here's what, the the latest I've seen in literature is that 50% of the people quit after starting a program, And, and then here's what i personally see in in my world is that the same guy you see out there riding his bike is a guy lifting weights so it's not that you have all of these people riding bikes and lifting weights it's like you said most of the people are doing a lot of things but then there i'm sorry you know there's maybe 10% of the people doing a lot of things and then most people are doing nothing
0: Nothing. Right. So, so what could people, what could people learn from you or how could you help the 90% of the US population that starts and stops exercise or maybe it's been 20 years since they've done any type of exercise? And I'm talking about from a mental point of view, Dr. Tom, not like, you know, do this exercise X amount of days per week, X amount of minutes, but, but how do they shift their mindset into the type of mind where that they'll go, you know, I'm not going to stop and and start again. I'm going to start, I'm going to go, I'm not going to miss my workouts like like what's the link can you share something with us
1: sure in fact at the college where i teach i learned so much from the people that work there i have administrators and staff we have at least 80 percent of the people on some form of workout program. now wait, 80 percent
0: of the staff of the college
1: that is correct david i mean Whoa. This, this is mind-boggling and it's nothing that we have done and here's here's what's amazing I, i've seen other Entities like uh, a, a hospital close by, they have all these gimmicks like, oh, let's have the biggest loser type contest. These gimmicks don't work. You know, it's a, it's a short-term yeah. weight loss and then everybody gains it all back. So what, what I have seen in our situation out here is that people choose activities that they can do. Number one, that they'll have access to doing, whether it's yeah. even in our, our fitness center or, or whether it's on their own. And then... Their, their mindset is such that, just as you said, they, they do it for 21 days and it becomes a habit.
0: Yeah, I love it. Dr. Tom Seaborn is with us right now, author of the book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts. We're going to come back with Dr. Tom right after this message. Continue to get information for you, ladies and gentlemen, to help you get on that, that ride again, the walk again, the cycle again, the classes again, the, the lifting weights again. What is it that you want to accomplish? We're going to find out how Dr. Tom can help you do right that after these messages. More information on our show at TalkDavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Pacific. Welcome aboard, gang! Positive Talk Radio. David Essel live, celebrating 22 years in talk radio. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network here on XM 246, and we'll also be on iHeart Radio. Forty million listeners strong, starting September 19th. So look for us there as well. One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five, my guest, Dr. Tom Seaborn, author of sixteen books, including the Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts. Doctor Tom, going back to our topic before the break, like the attitudinal shift that must happen for someone who's not exercising to begin exercising and to stick with it. You had mentioned that whole twenty one day thing that once someone does something for twenty one days, it can become a habit. So so give us more information about how do we change our mind to get up tomorrow morning and walk versus having another donut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, boy! You know you, that's that's there's there's a whole lot there. Let's let's talk about this very briefly. With with all of the, the revolution with Facebook and fast foods, and I recently I, I read an article that put these two together. And, and, and bear with me for a moment. And that is when we look at fast foods, it's all about non nutrition. So we're eating junk, and our bodies are looking for some nutrition, so we just keep eating and eating, getting fatter and fatter without the nutrition that we need, which would have allowed us to stop. When we go on Facebook or we go on social media, we're getting bits and pieces of dopamine. We get that release. You know, all of a sudden, you know, we text message, so we get a reward, but it's, it's not the type of reward, and here's where the study comes in. When when you call your girlfriend on the phone or you talk to her in person, oxytocin is released, and you know all this. Sure. But when you text her, only dopamine is released. And it's kind of the same thing with our exercise and with our eating. We, you know, about five years ago, I wrote a book called Mind, Body, Fitness, and it was all about, uh, and you know the difference between association and dissociation. We have yes. to learn to associate. We have to learn to the quality of the contraction we have to enjoy every mm-hmm. pedal stroke so mm. regardless of what you're doing pedaling or weight training become involved in that activity so that you're not necessarily blaring loud music and just uh, dissociating you're actually focusing in and as you know the highly successful athletes are the ones that do focus in so and right answer, in answer to your question it's a combination of association, dissociation, get started, get that habit going, make sure you have access to that activity, and David, everything works. We've talked in previous shows about high-intensity interval training, you know, that's the new, that's one of the new, all the different CrossFit, all the kettlebells, David, it's all cyclical, all, all these programs, there's nothing new under the sun, and if you would just choose one thing, if, you're, if your listeners would choose just one activity... And stick with it. All of it will work. A study in Pittsburgh showed that uh, 15 minutes, six times a week of walking at a steady pace, just below an threshold, is highly beneficial for losing body fat. And yet all these high intensity interval studies are showing wow, you get more bang for your buck by doing short periods of high intensity work. But David, both work, so choose whichever yes. one you like. I uh-huh. have uh, my first uh, week of classes was this week so I surveyed my students in my spinning class I said how many of you like to pedal at a steady state and then versus and then we did some intervals and oh, like 99 there was only one person that said they'd rather pedal at a steady state
0: really? Said, uh, yes and isn't that surprising now, David? That's, just- uh, that's amazing now is that because when, when they're doing the, the interval training that there's a greater release of neurotransmitters in the brain giving them that feeling they're looking for
1: well, you, you said exactly, because I asked them right after that. I said, yeah. how many of you feel like pedaling is an end in itself? And after the interval training, they felt that it was. They got that endorphin effect. They right on. They, that, that was the enjoyable experience they were looking for. But that drudgery of pedaling at steady state, you know how you, you <laughs> see the people in that <laughs> right. drone type of attitude. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> So you're you're absolutely right, you know, and and that's where Chicks and Mihai's research on the flow concept really comes in. Where you've got right. to pick a pick a skill that you're going to be decent at, you know, nothing that you're going to have a difficulty with, and you've got to make it challenging, but you have to make it attainable as well.
0: Mm, I love it, you know, Doctor Tom. I, we, my schedule is so intense that I I have a very short window of time on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. To to exercise. And so I know in my mind that if I don't maximize that time, if you know, when I hit the weights, I don't train really long at all, like 20 minutes on weights, 20 minutes in cardio. And I know that's all I have is 40 to 45 minutes. That's it. So because I have such a short period of time, I go, you know what, you have to really hit hard. And as long as I have that attitude Dr. Tom I go in I hit hard I leave and even though it's not optimal even though it's not the hour hour and a half I'd love to have I have no guilt no shame no remorse no resentment that there's not more exercise time because I do everything I can with that short window That's
1: perfect. I I couldn't have said it better and all of us are time crunched and yes. you know and, and and that's where I don't I don't know what time of day you work out but as you know, you when you asked me earlier, what's what's one method you know make sure that people, you know, is try to do it in the morning before the life gets in your way because that that means you get up. It's you, you, you know it may be difficult at first, but like we said, create the habit and then you'll begin to look forward to it, and that's that's where I've seen the most success with our college campus faculty and actually students as well.
0: Yeah, I remember years ago there was a study that came out that said people that did exercise first thing in the morning had the, the, the highest retention rate over the course of their life.
1: You know, that, that makes sense from so many areas. Number one, it stimulates your metabolism. It gives you more right. energy through the day. Every, yeah. Everybody I talk to that makes it a habit, then all of a sudden they realize, well, I have to go to bed a little bit earlier. So they don't waste those moments and, you know, the actually hours in the evening. And, and yes. then their, their diets improve as well because uh, some people will not eat before their workout, which actually burns more free fatty acids, which is actually a good thing. And then they'll eat right after the workout and they start their day off right with a really good breakfast and that creates a tone for the rest of the day so that their eating program fits their exercise and they get better results.
0: Loving it. Loving it. Dr. Tom, we have 60 seconds left. I was going to go to some success stories with you, but this was so crucial, what we were talking about. 60 seconds left. Give us a final thought to help people carry on and accomplish their goals.
1: All right. And this one, I'm going to bring up my friend who's uh, the latest success story of the college. His name is Chuck, and he's doing exactly what we're talking about. He starts off early in the morning. He makes sure nothing's going to get in his way. He's He has made it a habit. He's, his lipids are great now. His, uh, he had blood pressure problems. So, so, David, it's all about making that commitment and, and making sure you stick with it, make it a habit, and then once it's a habit, you're going to look forward to it, and it's going to give you more energy and make your life much more livable, make it a lot more fun.
0: I love, and ladies and gentlemen, as you're listening to us right now and you're thinking of all the reasons why you cannot, like, you're different, (laughs) there are so many millions of people that thought the same way because they have seven kids, because they're working two jobs, because they're genetically uh, predisposed to ABCDE that they can't do it and yet millions of people before you and before us with conditions and situations much worse have found a way to get into daily exercise and you can do the same thing. My guest, Dr. Tom Seaborn, uh, author of 16 books, his most recent, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts. Check it out wherever books are sold. Dr. Tom, always great to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks.
1: It's always a privilege, David. Keep up your great work.
0: Absolutely, Dr. Tom. See you later.
1: All
0: right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 1-800-548-8255. Hey, coming up next, Jan Spiller. Now listen, Jan Spiller, world-famous astrologer. If you want to get on the air with her, at the top of the hour, call us. 1-800-548-8255. Taking your call. She's going to do free readings on the air. But here's the big but. If you call now, you're going to get a slot. But do not let it go. Don't let it go, because once you get in, if you leave, the odds of getting in a lineup to talk to Jan Spiller are zero. That's how popular she is on this show. 1-800-548-8255. For more information on us, go to talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. We're rocking. Stay there.